We all have questions. Questions about faith and relationships, beliefs and politics and social issues in our planet and God. Where do you go when you're done with cliches and starving for the conversation to ascend? What do you do when you're struggling to find connection within your community, within your church? So join us, Lauren, Danielle, and Jason, to connect, discuss relevant topics, and try to navigate living in the tension of everyday life as Jesus followers. We call this podcast, The Outsiders. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Outsiders Podcast. We hope you are healthy and safe and feel connected and have community as we continue to march through the holiday season during these unprecedented times. And speaking of unprecedented times, I don't know if you guys can tell with the audio quality or whatever, but oftentimes, in fact, always, Lauren and Daniela and myself were in a room, socially distanced, right, spread out. Yeah. Um, but, but at least we're in one room and we have the genius of all things audio, Alan Clark, helping us out. And this time, we don't have Alan with us. In fact, we're not even in the same room. No. We're doing it like the rest of the podcasters in 2020. Yep. Okay, right. Okay. So basically, we're just trying to catch up with all. Right. That's, right. All right. We're still figuring it out. Uh, but yeah, so we're doing it slightly ghetto because our county here in Ohio is purple, which means essentially lockdown. And so everyone's spread out at their own homes and we're trying it this way. So hopefully it works and sounds okay. Um, so yeah, so th- that's, th- that's what we have going on here. So as always though, uh, we are joined by my amazing co-hosts, uh, Danielle and Lauren. So Danielle, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little uh, extra tired this week, this last couple of weeks, because we got a puppy, and everyone knows how puppies are. So I am equally as tired as I am full of love and Aww. annoyance, even a little bit. <laughs> but overall, I'm good. I'm good. So what's your puppy's name? Oakley. And, and so I'm just, I'm interested. How did you come up with Oakley? Like, why Oakley? So our cat's name is Willow, and I am obsessed with, like, plants and outside and whatever. So, like, Willow's a kind of tree. And I was like, you know what, let me stick with that theme. But a lot of the other tree names were lame. And uh, Oakley is what I came up with, because oak, tree, Oakley. So, yeah, Willow and Oakley, those are my my fur babies. Nice, nice. All right, well, good. And uh, Lauren, what's going on? How's your day? How are you doing? Yeah, my day, we're in like the thousandth day of lockdown, working on Zoom. Um, But, you know, today I was actually in a very good mood because it snowed the other day. And so it's absolutely beautiful. And the sun was out, which living in Ohio is a big deal. So. Today has been good. <laughs> you set up your office outside just to soak up the sun. I did not do that, but I totally missed out on the opportunity to. It was still pretty cold. Like the sun was out, but it was definitely still cold. Yeah, but it was like above freezing at least. So anyway, 
We, we digress because I feel like we often talk about the weather uh, in this podcast. We do. <laughs> I feel like makes us borderline lame. So, um, but let's talk about today because honestly, I'm super pumped about today's episode. Um, and so in case you don't know, or you're kind of catching up. Today is actually part three of our mini, mini series called Somewhere in Between, um, where we'll be having an honest conversation about the stigma and attitudes surrounding certain topics and lifestyle choices within Christianity, and let's just put it out there, uh, topics like alcohol and piercings and tattoos and etc. So I think we're going to have a good time. And before we jump into this, though, I just want to be clear. I love this miniseries title, Somewhere in Between, um, essentially just because of the reality, because that's really where life happens. Um, I was thinking about this recently. Um, I absolutely love officiating weddings. Danielle, you were at a, a wedding I officiated once. Like, sure was. Yep. Um, and I'm, sh- I don't know, maybe you fell asleep during the homily, but I, I had a good time. But I just, I just love officiating weddings. But I remember a few years ago, I was, had just officiated this wedding for this couple, and we were hanging out afterward um, during the reception. And they, both of them said, almost in unison, like, I love being married. I love marriage. And I, I think I was eating cake at the time. And I just remember kind of like spitting chunks of cake out because they thought in this moment, like while there's like music and people are partying and having a good time, they thought this big party was, was marriage. And so, like, clearly I had failed them, right, in their premarital counseling. But the, 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 so that's totally on me. But the point is, right, marriage has very little to do with flower arrangements or reception venue or how many layers of cake you have or how many shades of magenta, right, the bridesmaids' dresses are. Just about it, right? Uh, uh, yeah, no, can I, no. Can I confess? I, I just wrote the word magenta because I think it's a fun word. I have you no have idea no what idea color. What color. <laughs> no. I have no idea. Is it blue? Not even a little bit. Like the hottest it's of like hot pink. pink. Oh. It's very pink. Yes, very. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure just now we offended someone because they had that as their wedding like color. So if that was you, I'm sorry. But anyway, but the point is, right, that's not really what marriage is about, right? Marriage isn't about the beginning. Um, it, it's what happens after the beginning, right? It's what happens in the middle. And Christianity is more than the day that we accept Jesus as our Savior and get baptized, as beautiful and exciting as that is. But Christianity, it, it's about walking life with Jesus when we have questions and when we experience triumphs and tragedies. And all of that stuff happens like in the middle or in between. So I, I think it's, it's a really good title for what we're talking about. So... Let's get into it. Um, let's be honest. Humans in general have attitudes, <laughs> right? And, and we're pretty opinionated, and I'm pretty sure we're addicted to judging. No. Like, I just feel like we, we judge each other based on, you know, who we want to vote for, or even wearing masks. Not too long ago, kind of when this whole pandemic was beginning, I think it was at Home Depot, and uh, another pastor saw me there, and I was wearing a mask. Um, it wasn't like a law at the time. And like, he was totally judging me. He's like, oh, Jason, wearing a mask, I see. I'm like, yeah, dude, right? Um, or even at Thanksgiving, I'll be honest. Thanksgiving was a couple weeks ago. I was taking my, we were riding 
my family and I were riding our bikes through the neighborhood. It doesn't matter. The point is, as we're going through the neighborhood, I was totally judging. I'll be honest. The the houses that had like six cars in the driveway. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, we just judge, right? We we do. And, and that, I feel like that's warranted. That kind of judgment is warranted in the the time that we're living in right now. <laughs> okay, so some judgment is okay then. Yeah. <laughs> So are we free to judge Patriot fans? Because I feel like that's... Hey, now. Hey, now. Especially if you grew up in <laughs> Chicago area. I'm just saying. But I think as we... It happens. It happens. It's okay. I pray for you. And, you know, <laughs> Jesus loves you. And he forgives you. And uh, that's all that matters. Right? But this whole issue of judging and Christianity, like, yes, it's a Christian issue for sure. But I feel like it's also a human issue. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, right, depending on your church or your denomination or your faith tribe, you know, whatever. But Christians can tend to put a lot of focus on certain lifestyle choices. Um, some that we, Danielle and Laura and I, talked about were our uh, alcohol, drugs, and substance and substances in general, really. Um, diet, <laughs> um, partying, uh, dating. Who says partying, by the way? That's we just... Lauren just hates herself by saying partying. You say partying? You don't say clubbing? Oh, that's what I say. I mean, do you have to go to the club to party? No. Not in my eyes. Do you bring the club to the party? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay, whatever. Moving on. All right, sex, clothing, which we talked about sex a couple weeks ago. Um, clothing, piercings and jewelry, tattoos, not even going to church regularly. Uh, really just the idea of, like, not being a perfect Christian in general. Yeah, I think that these are all things that we've probably experienced having some sort of a conversation or an attitude about. And usually whenever we these topics are talked about, um, they aren't necessarily positive. It's kind of like what we were talking about um, in our stereotypes episode. And I think these specifically tend to fall on the list of the thou shalt not in participation, like whatever the, the lifestyle choices. Um, and then if you do choose to participate in, you know, a number or one or whatever in the list above, um, then you're kind of labeled as troubled or a bad Christian. Um, and it feels like then if you want to call these sins that then they're labeled when it feels like it's greater than something else because people, these are things that people can kind of see what you're doing right? instead of, you know, like an attitude or if you're lying or, or something like that. Yeah. It's like the, the hierarchy of sin in, uh, in Christianity. That's so true. And we do have this hierarchy. I think the more public it is, right, mm-hmm. the harder we tend to go. Um, that's why judging is such a fun thing, because you can just do it inside your own head and <laughs> no one ever knows. So I guess that means it's not a sin then, because it's, you know, don't really see it. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. And so, like, let's talk about this. Like, I'm sure we all have some experience, right, with, with dealing with judgment and, and specifically in some of these areas of, of Christian lifestyle choices. Or certain lifestyle choices. Oh yeah, I think um, 
Within our specific faith tribe, there are definitely some of these that stand out more than others. One of the big ones for me, and I think that Lauren had a pretty similar experience, was when I got my ears pierced. I think I was in like grade five or something like that in elementary school at some point. And um, a lot of my church friends were all like, oh my gosh, Danielle is such a rebel. She's so cool. Her parents said her get her ears pierced. And I remember being so... Uh, I remember people being so shocked that I had been allowed to do that. And I also remember that my parents got like a good amount of flack from church people and some of their friends for, you know, allowing their kids to have their bodies defiled by piercings. And um, that was definitely one that stood out to me. I think too, like the the clothing or dress that you mentioned, I remember like summer camp days or even church there was, you know, you had to put your hands down by your side, make sure the skirt was past your fingertips. And it was like, if if girls showed their knees or their shoulders, goodness gracious, boys lose control. So I definitely think that some of these uh, stand out stand out to me as things that I've experienced at some point in my life. I grew up in a pretty strict and conservative home. Um, and I don't ever, rem- like, my parents kind of, sheltered us and was like, this is what you can and can't do. And I don't ever remember growing up asking why I couldn't do certain things. I just believed my parents, I'm the oldest, you know, got, got to fall in line with, with the parents rule. Um, but then as I became an adult and, you know, kind of had my own thoughts about things and whatnot, I just quickly understood that the context of these conversations about lifestyle choices in church seem to be labeled as salvation issues. And and for me, I don't believe that a lot of these are. That's just my personal opinion. Um, But I also realized that Jesus could still love me and I could have a strong relationship with him even if I drank or got my ears pierced or have tattoos, like nice clothes, like what, maybe I don't even show up for church every single week. Like these things, I know, (laughs) scandalous. Um, (laughs) 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 So it was like that realization, like I always had a strong relationship with God, but I think once I became an adult and realizing like, these choices are my own. It's no longer I'm following the rules of, you know, what my parents have laid out for us because I live in their home. Now this is, these are things that I can actively choose to participate in or not. And it's okay if I say and decide to not drink. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, or if I decide to get my ears pierced or get a tattoo, like whatever those things are, um, I'm still figuring out more about who God is and my relationship with him than some, like that to me is more important than some of these other things that there seems to be more of an emphasis on instead of like, checking things off that I'm a good Christian because I show up to church every single week and, you know, wear an appropriate length skirt and all of that. Right. So, you know, in our, in our podcast a lot, we talk about this living in the tension as Christ followers. And I think that these lifestyle choices that we're talking about, like really, really applies. 
um, because there are biblical guidelines for how we should live our lives. So Jason, as our resident pastor and (laughs) Bible extraordinaire, what does the Bible actually have to say about alcohol and the way we dress, our body being a temple, and, and some of these other things that we briefly mentioned? Right. And I absolutely love talking about this stuff. And I know this podcast needs to be like under four hours. So, you know, I'll be succinct. Um, but we, you know, and this is for anyone who listened to our podcast. And I know we've said this before, but we just so greatly appreciate you and love to engage. And so if you want to have a conversation or a follow up conversation or ask questions or whatever, like, please do so. Uh, reaching out to any of us, you don't have to be a pastor, right? Lauren or, or Danielle or myself. Um, because really, I just want to do kind of a, uh, a cursory, quick, like, thought type thing as we move forward. And, and honestly, this would just be to, to start a conversation or to start a study uh, as we think about this stuff. But going to the scriptures, like, honestly, I love the scriptures. And I, I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor. Um, I really do because they really are extremely practical. Like, it's just good practical advice for making life better and for helping me be better at life or helping anyone be better at life. It it is good. The thing is, and I cannot stress this enough, we need to read the scriptures in context. Lauren, I think you said that, right? It's so important to read it in context. Um, I say this often and someone is going to be offended, but you know, that's okay. Let's, let's have a conversation. But when I say in its context, what I mean is, please, when you're reading the scriptures, don't read it literate or literally. Please read it literately. And there is a difference. Um, Basically, what that means is when we read the scriptures, anytime you read anything, really, there are two questions to ask. The one is, what did it mean for them then? And then once we understand that, well, what does it mean for us today? Um, and, and it's not always just a direct correlation, which we'll see here in a second. So, um, and what I find interesting is all of this practical advice really throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, it always ends or leads to an element for people to experience wholeness or completeness or peace um, or shalom, which I know we've talked about in the past. I just mm-hmm. nerd out on this whole thing of shalom. But really, all the practical advice leads to that for helping people Feel completeness and wholeness and shalom. So, um, and really, but honestly, you can make the Bible say anything you want, right? If you take it out of context. So just for, you know, diet, for example, right? Like, oh, what does the Bible say about what we should eat and not eat and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. So Paul actually says these words. Paul in Romans 14 says, um, another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Uh-oh. That's an exact quote from Paul in the book of Romans. So don't be vegetarian. Like, is that what he's saying? And someone just got offended and they just hit, you know, end on, on the podcast. But right, my point is, no, you, you, ha- you have to read everything in its context. So what he actually says uh, in, in Romans 14 is don't accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. So, Lauren, you were talking about just a few minutes ago, you were saying how some of these issues, they're not necessarily salvific. Well, and you were like, well, that's just my opinion. Well, Paul would agree. Like he, Paul right here is saying, yeah, you're right. These are disputable matters. It's not a salvific issue. Uh, he goes on. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. 
The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Right? So, again, in its context, this whole diet and eating vegetable-only thing and whatever, it's really about accepting and not judging each other um, over disputable, disputable things, right? It's, it's not salvific. Does that, oh, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, okay, that's, just, that's food. Let's talk about a juicy one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? <laughs> so, alcohol. Oh, what does the Bible say about alcohol? And you could do a quick Google search, and there's a ton of stuff. Um, it's really fascinating. Like this one. This guy named Paul writes a little letter to his friend named Tim and says this, Stop drinking only water and use a little wine. It's in your Bible. Read it. Now, right now, someone is calling the conference office, right? Or, or my boss is <laughs> saying, Jason needs to be fired because he's telling everyone to drink wine. No, my point is we have to understand this stuff in its context. And again, mm-hmm. it's super practical advice. Um, that's true. Paul was telling Tim don't only drink the water, drink a little wine with it because they didn't have Brita filters and he's traveling around. And and if you've ever traveled anywhere outside of your community, you know that drinking water from different places can cause all manner of issues. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Like, let's just say, did you say all manner of evil? That is correct. It is all manner of evil. (laughs) The runs are, are evil. Period. My work is done here. Right? So, again, context. It's practical advice. And one more quick thing about alcohol, because this does tend to be, for some, not for everyone, but for some, uh, a big issue. Um, Again, Paul, in Romans 13, he's talking practical advice, right, for living. He talks about be a good citizen. Dude, we all need to be good citizens. I think we did a podcast on that. He's mm-hmm. talked about live responsibly. Yeah, we all need to be responsible. And we all have idiot friends sometimes who aren't responsible. He says, pay your taxes and pay your bills. Respect leaders. Don't run up debt. Very practical advice, right? Don't get all these credit cards. Don't sleep with another person's spouse. Yeah, I think that's pretty practical. Good on you. Um, don't take what isn't yours. And then in the list of all this practical stuff, He says, and don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. Yeah, super practical. Don't get Mm -hmm. super swamped in life that you fail to recognize God. And then he says, and by the way, don't waste time in drunkenness. Yeah, for sure. Super practical. And, And so, yes, the Bible does say a lot about alcohol. I want to be very clear. The thing... And in my study, and again, I would encourage you, open up your scriptures and read what it actually says. When the scriptures do talk about alcohol, it's always in one of two contexts. It's either warning people um, about drunkenness, right? And just the dangers and the bad things that can happen when you're drunk. Um, Or it talks about um, its potential to hurt someone. Again, this idea of shalom and completeness and wholeness, like if you're so again, Paul, he actually says this in, in, in Paul uh, Romans fourteen verse twenty one. He says it, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. Um, I really like the message translation of it, uh, where Eugene Peterson says, "Don't eat or drink or say or do anything that might interfere with the free exchange of love." Um, so again wholeness, completeness, 
for yourself, for the people around you. It's just really practical advice. Um, oh, does that make sense? Yes. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, when you guys were, and then I'll do one more quick thing, and I've been talking a long time, and that's boring for everybody. But, but you guys were talking about, you know, when you you got uh, piercings, right? And uh, So piercings and tattoos. And, uh, like, did anyone ever quote you the Bible <laughs> when you were thinking about this or when you had your ears pierced? Yes. I still get the Bible quoted to me about my piercings and tattoos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I don't know what, what – do you know off the top of your head what verse oftentimes is quoted? <clears throat> I don't even know the verse, but it's the, your body is a, you know, is a temple. Yes, that is typically the, the verse that is quoted. Um, again, Paul talks, is the one speaking. Um, and this is what he actually says. Do not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. For, our, for you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Like, oh, yes. So that could totally be talking about piercings and tattoos. Our bodies are the temple, right? Okay, good. Except, people, read the verse right before it. Paul's super clear where he says, flee from sexual immorality. <laughs> this whole thing. So it's context. It's context. This whole thing has nothing to do with piercings and tattoos or, you know, whatever. The whole context of what he's talking about is sleeping around. Yeah, don't do that because your body's not just for you and their body's not for them. It's God's, right? That is God's son. That is uh, that, that woman is God's daughter. And so we honor God um, right, by, by, by loving and respecting his, his children. They're not just bodies to play with sexually, right? Like the whole context is like sexual immorality. So, uh, yeah, context is actually a beautiful thing when you look at it and process it and apply it in a very practical way. I've learned something in this conversation. I did not know that. I feel like we often do when we listen to Jason's wisdom. <laughs> but I think, I think that... You make a really good point, Jason, in just like breaking down a lot of this stuff. And I think that it is a really good reminder that it's important for us to do our own reading and our own study and not just, you know, take verses out of context that may be really catchy or easy to remember or throw around, um, but to really understand what they mean. Because, yeah, like biblical guidelines for how we should live, they're good and they exist for a reason. And they're not there to just be ignored. They're there because, you know, God was like, hey, I want to help these people understand how to navigate this crazy mess of a thing that we call life. But maybe, just maybe, they can sometimes be taken out of context or twisted and abused and used in a way that's not productive but rather hurtful. And I think that sometimes we just miss the point when we reference these verses because rather than trying to help people navigate life, it's to kind of shut down certain decisions or certain actions. And I think that sometimes we can kind of tend to do what the Pharisees did to the rules that God gave us. You know, there were there were a certain number that were perfect the way they were and they felt the need to add more and more in an attempt to live this perfect life according to what they thought God wanted. And I think that can be really dangerous when we do too much reading between the lines and extracting things that may or may not be there. And it's hard because like you said, Jason, we have to talk about like, or we have to consider context, you know, what it meant for them then and what it means for us now. And that can be really hard to do that well. 
You know what I mean? And I think that that's where some of like the stickiness and trickiness comes in where, where people maybe get tripped up on certain details because there is an element of personal understanding, you know, when it comes to this. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, okay, I, I, I'm going to stop my train of thought of wanting to go and lecture on this. But like those people, they, like the Pharisees, for example, it's this mindset where they didn't really have a, an honest understanding as to who God is, right? Mm-hmm. And it was almost this, this pagan, you know, okay. It's so interesting. Like during like the pagan gods and, and the, the people who followed all the pagan gods, they had this belief that I need to prove to God that I'm worth saving, Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be mad at me. So they kept upping the ante. So the whole idea, and this is like terrible and heinous, and I really hope if you're a listener, you don't have children around and this could be really awkward, but they would so much they, so that they had to prove to the gods how good they were and how much they merited not being destroyed and having food, you know, the abundance of food and safety and winning battles, etc. They would even go to, to child sacrifice, right? It was all about how much can I sacrifice and give to the gods to prove that I'm worth not murdering. Mm-hmm. And But the God of the scriptures, it's not like that at all. That's how they were. And so, you know, it's, it's very dangerous, I think, sometimes when we have these, you know, Jesus followers or people who claim to follow the God of the scriptures, and then they they let some of these other theologies creep in. Like, okay, I need, I need to show God how good I am so that I don't go to hell. I think we talked about this in another podcast, right? Sometimes it's like, eh, I'm not sure I really want to walk with Jesus and have a relationship with him. I just want to not go to hell. But that is still like this, a totally warped view as as far as who God is. It's almost like, okay, I, as long as I'm good with God, I, I, I go through the checklist, then I don't really have to worry about the relationship part. But what kind of doesn't make any sense, like in any earthly relationship, like that would never, like that doesn't compute, right? Like I could not say that I have a good relationship with my wife, Andrea, and the reason, my proof that I have a great marriage with Andrea is because I don't cheat on her. Like that doesn't make sense. No. We're just saying, oh, don't cheat on my wife. Check. That equals a good marriage. No, it doesn't, right? So – this whole idea of checklists equaling a relationship honestly doesn't really make any sense. But yet within Christianity, we still do that. And I think it's so interesting because, you know, when you were when you were speaking just a little bit ago, you mentioned that Paul warns us to not get so caught up in life, like in the in within the same verses as some of these other um, things that people like to reference. You know, he warns us about not getting so caught up in life that we lose sight of God. And sure, I might not be someone who does some of these things on our list that we mentioned, but I am definitely someone that's guilty of getting so caught up in life that I have lost sight of God, you know? And so it's it's one of those things where there's the outside stuff and then there's the inside stuff that you can't see. And we really do fixate on on certain things that are easier to judge people for, you know? Oh, 100%. And this is one of the reasons I, I love being a pastor, honestly, is I get to have these conversations, usually not in this format, but oftentimes they're one-on-one. Um, and, and, and honestly, no, our church isn't perfect, but I think we do you know, a, a pretty decent job at this. But years ago, kind of to your point, Danielle, years ago uh, when I was a teacher, I had a student who was taking one of my classes, and basically they were just 
they claim to be a huge atheist, and but every basically every day, I mean, multiple times a week after class, we would have a lot of one-on-one conversations uh, until eventually I was able to convince the student to come with Andrew and I to church. And I was super pumped about it because I really wasn't sure they, were, they would show up. They showed up. I met them in the parking lot, like high fives around, like this is going to be great. I'm like, just have an open mind. I'm just telling you this is going to be good. I've been praying about this, blah, blah, blah. Walk in with the kid. I mean, kid, they're like 19. Um, I leave them for a few minutes. I think I had to get water because I was talking too much. Uh, imagine that. I come back a few minutes later and literally I heard a well-meaning older seasoned person at the church telling my student i'm like they actually said this i'm sorry but you're just not welcome here please leave and it's like obviously so the kid is just irate and hurt and crushed i'm the same Mm -hmm. just this whole idea of we make it so hard right to enter into community and it's like we just we want to throw extra challenges at being Christian as if it wasn't challenging enough. Mm. And it's, it's just infuriating. Right. Cause I think that the point of, of this conversation is trying to figure out how we can make people feel safe and welcome within our communities, you know, and if people don't feel like they can be themselves, at least to a certain level, like obviously there's a time and a place for everything, but if people don't feel like they can bring who they are to a church community and feel welcome rather than having a church of authentic and real people and authentic and real relationships, you end up with a whole lot of people who feel like they have to put on some kind of facade because they think it's what people want and expect to see at church. And I just kind of wonder how can we love each other if we feel like we have to hide so many parts of ourselves, you know? And I think that that is a huge roadblock in being able to grow as a faith community when Mm -hmm. we just really don't feel like we can, you know, come out of hiding and, and be who we are around the people that are supposed to be our spiritual support, you know? Mm -hmm. 100%. And I, I think it's, it's easy to judge someone that isn't living their life the way you're living yours or the way that you think that they should live their life. But it's not my place to tell someone how they should be living their life. I think the only exception would be if I had a close relationship with that person and I've walked along their journey and can converse and know where they're coming from and have more understanding as to why they're making the choices that they are. Um, but for the most part, like it's not, it's not my place. Like it's you do you and and I do me. And then there's accountability within like that close circle, like what we, what we've referenced before in, in other episodes. Um, but I think that this also brings to mind, like I, firmly believe, because I know what God has done in my life, that He works in such powerful ways that I can't even fully comprehend it. Like, that's the whole point of being in awe of who He is and what He's done. And I also firmly believe that the Holy Spirit works in people's lives as well. 
So why would I, a mere mortal, a completely flawed human being, attempt to do something that should be left to God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit to do? Um, Because it should, like those things that changing people's lives should come from them. It should not come from me. Because then if it comes from me, then I'm the one that's wanting to take the credit for it instead of, instead of God. And then I'm also not trusting that he can work wonders in someone's life to inspire them to change. Or maybe that's the thing that they can connect to other people and show them, you know, who Jesus is. Like, I think to have this checklist and to say, and to to make judging the thing that like, oh, if we, you have to wear a certain thing to show up to church or you need to do this, you need to do this, then we're removing the power that God has in order to do what he does best. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, I feel like we should just say amen, rise to the benediction, <laughs> pass the offering. That was, no, that's it. That was good. And I think in another podcast, we also talked about community and the power of community and how we were created for community. Which that's one of the things that makes this pandemic just like the worst. Um, but ultimately, I believe that there is great healing and growth and beauty that can happen when we in a safe space, not with like, you don't post this mess on social media, right? Or, or get up front on, on some platform somewhere in front of a mic or with a microphone and, you know, tell your story, even though I do think that is appropriate at certain times. But at the end of the day, I think it's important that we have a space to share our scars and we're a little bit more hesitant to share our wounds. And, and what I mean is like scars are wounds, but it's, it's, some time has gone by, some healing has happened. Um, and I think that can happen within like a smaller group. I think it was in another podcast we talked about um, the importance of having like an inner circle, right? Like an inner three, like you got your three closest homies or you know, your three besties or, or whatever, right? And so I believe that wounds can heal and it's a beautiful process that can happen um, in, a, in a community of really close people that you trust. But then eventually, after that, then it's appropriate, I think, to talk about, because the wound, it's not, the wound isn't a wound anymore. Now it's a scar, and it's a little bit more safe to talk about. And you have no idea, uh, Lauren, you were talking about this, how your story could impact and be helpful for someone else who may have just experienced a wound. And mm-hmm. I think especially for, for, for men, uh, as a man, I talk often to, to, with men, uh, both young men and old men, but I think men, we, in general, have a tough time not just identifying our scars and wounds, but, but talking about it. Because it's almost like we feel like if we have a scar or a wound, that's proof that we failed at something or that we're not good enough or we're not strong enough or we're not intelligent enough or, or athletic enough or somehow we screwed up. And, you know... That, Oftentimes, I will say, yes, men love to be loved. Absolutely. But I think sometimes a man would would rather be respected than loved. And if we have wounds and scars, that's almost like an indictment uh, against us so that, you know, that would get in the way of respect. And so I just think 
for all the brothers out there, we need to find safe space with other men to talk about our wounds and, and, and so that they will turn into scars that would be helpful for, for others. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. and I think all that to say, what better place to find people that can support you and help you work through those things than within your spiritual community? And when, when we're considering, you know, within the context of this conversation, how we can make people feel welcome um, and like that they can be their true selves within their church communities, I think it's important to remember Jesus made people feel safe who were nothing like him. You know, he, it wasn't just, you know, righteous people that, that were welcome and safe in the presence of Jesus. It was anyone and everyone. And, you know, on the theme of looking to him as our example, I think that when we're considering how difficult it can be to navigate some of these lifestyle-related topics and choices, make people feel the way Jesus made people feel, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. This, this whole conversation that, that we're having reminds me of um, a song called I Still Talk to Jesus by Lainey, um, who is my my top listened to band, according to Spotify Wrapped. Um, But they are an alternative pop band out of LA. And this song is off of their latest album. And when I first heard it, like I saw what their, whenever they released their album, I think it was in October, um, you saw like the um, song list. And I was like, this is going to be a good song. And when I listened to it, I literally got goosebumps. And then in the morning, because I listened to it right at midnight when it came out, I like text Danielle in the morning and was like, you need to listen to this song. And then we both loved it and introduced Jason to it. Um, But I just have to bring it up because it's literally all about what we're talking today. It talks about things a a person might do, whether it's drinking or smoking or going to clubs or lying or loving too hard and how these lifestyle choices might make you think that the lead singer doesn't talk to Jesus or have a relationship with him. And it, it makes me think why in our culture that it is so easy or why we're so quick to doubt someone's relationship with God based on their lifestyle choices. And it just kind of smacked me in the face of like, yeah, it is easy to judge people based on that and how there needs to be still so much room for anyone who like literally anyone can have a relationship with God. That's the beauty of who he is and his love. And so I just, when I listen to this song, it makes me think God is so powerful that, you know, I could go to the club on Friday night or Saturday night and show up to church. And while that might not necessarily be the lifestyle choice that, you know, pastors or people in church would prefer me to have, that God still could love me based on that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that you brought that up. I mean, when I first heard the song, I immediately texted Lauren and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and I think it's just really powerful to hear an alternative pop band, you know, outside of the Christian 
genre sing about something like this and open up about their internal struggles with their walk with Jesus as it pertains to their lifestyle and the way that they are potentially perceived by people. Um, And there are just so many quotable lyrics in this song. Mm -hmm. I remember like the very opening line, he says something and I'm probably going to mess it up, but it's something like, if there's a heaven, I hope that I get in, but I probably won't. And that's Mm -hmm. literally the opening line of the song. And that smacked me in the face because I was like, how many people are walking around thinking that every day because they've been raised in a culture or a faith community or a family or whatever that told them that the only way for them to go to heaven or the only way for them to be loved by Jesus is if they do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And now they're at this point in life where they're like, man... I really do want to spend forever with Jesus, but I know that's probably not my fate, you know? And then in the chorus, he says, I lie to my mama, smoke marijuana. Most of the time, I do what I want to. You might not believe it, but I still talk to Jesus. And I think that 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 last part of it saying you might not believe it, but I still talk to Jesus, I think it's important to ask the question, why do we think it's our right to make that judgment at all? You know, and I I do think as Christians, we have a certain level of responsibility in helping to guide and grow with our brothers and sisters. And yes, I do think that that can include pointing things out that may be questionable decisions and stuff. But like Lauren said, you know, within the context of trusting and safe, loving relationships and approaches. But I don't think that it falls within our responsibility to judge Mm -hmm. the existence of a relationship with Jesus in others based on their lifestyle choices. And I think that that is what sat with me and and what landed so heavy with this song is thinking, man, I just hurt for anybody out there who feels like they're a lost cause because of what they've been told their whole lives. No, absolutely. Um, And that's a part of the reason why Honestly, my job is, is taxing and crazy sometimes, but I, I absolutely love it because you're right. There's so many people that think it's hard to be saved and it's hard to have a relationship with Jesus. And the, the meta narrative of scripture is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It, it really isn't. And, and we need to clarify who God really is. Um, and it's not that God. Um, and, and so, and I just, so yeah, hundred percent. I really appreciate all of this uh, as we wrap up here. I, I also want to say though, to be clear, and I love that line. Uh, I just love that song. It, it is a great song. I think you should, when this podcast is over, you should all go like listen to it immediately. But Lauren and Danielle and I are not telling everyone to go lie to their mamas and smoke marijuana. And, you know, we're not, that's, that's not the point of this. Okay. Cause Correct. someone's going to be like, Oh, I just, are, no, we're not telling everyone to go drink alcohol and we're not telling everyone to go, whatever. This isn't the point. The point is to understand the scriptures in their context. And really it's so much bigger than this checklist. And it's so much bigger than judging people based on their choices, right? Because everyone is a story. And I say this all the time because I think it's really true. It's easy to judge a certain scene, but we all know one scene is not the story. And we don't know the story. God is working with them and everyone is on a path. That's why it's a personal walk. Their walk in relationship with Jesus is going to look and sound and feel different than our own. Um, So how can we move forward? 
have better conversations and approaches to these topics. I, I'll honestly, I'm just going to kind of shut up. I'm going to let Paul do the do the speaking because Paul is kind of the man. Um, so again, just real quick, Paul 14. If you have a moment, I would encourage everyone to read Paul 14. Romans, Romans 14. 14. Thank you. You're supposed to know what I'm thinking. What I'm saying. Uh, so Romans 14, when this podcast is over, everyone should just go read and process Romans 14. But in, in short, this is what Paul says. He says, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't, don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in faith in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Um, and then continues. Uh, what's important in all of this is that if you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, eat it to the glory of God and thank him for prime rib. This is the <laughs> Eugene Peterson's The Message, in case you're wondering. Uh, if you're a vegetarian, eat vegetables to the glory of God and thank God for broccoli. None of us are permitted to insist on our way in these matters. It's God we are answerable to, all the way from life to death and everything in between. And there is the series title. Not each, not each other. That's why Jesus lived and died and then lived again, so that he could be our master across the entire range of life and death and free us from the, pen, from the petty tyrannies of each other. Paul is the man. Christianity is not a competition. Who's more or less of a sinner than we are? Christianity is about community and camaraderie. And we are all in this together. Tune in next week for a special Christmas episode as we celebrate the Christmas holiday together. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Alan Clark. Music throughout this episode is by Common Man Music. Also, a special thank you to Judah and the Lion and Laney. If you like what you've been hearing, share with your friends. If you'd like to connect with any of us, our Instagram handles are located in the show notes, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.